The title of today's message is simply Wanted Dads. In our country today, we face a fatherhood crisis. There are over 24 million children, in fact, about one in three children today, live without their biological father in the home. Secular researchers can easily trace numerous social struggles to fatherless homes. Statistics show that growing up without a dad leads to increased crime, drug and alcohol abuse, teen pregnancy, educational issues, childhood obesity, and increased likelihood of poverty. Over the last 60 or 70 years, fathers have been, the role of fathers has been seriously downplayed. The need of fathers kind of shrugged off. We see it in the assault on family units in our culture today. We see it uh, especially in the media. Uh, in an article uh, written in February of 2013 entitled, The Dumbing Down Dad, How Media Presents Husbands and Fathers as Useless. Sarah Peterson writes these words. She said, if you watch TV, then most likely you've witnessed the portrayal of the modern-day husband and father as lazy, incompetent, and stupid. Just these three characteristics are sure to bring to mind one commercial or sitcom that personifies this type of man. One evening after watching Homer Simpson wreck the family car at a monster truck rally and plunge on a skateboard into Springfield Gorge, my six-year-old son asked me, Why are TV dads so dumb? Wrote one writer. Where did we fathers go wrong? We spend twice as much time with our kids as we did two decades ago, but on television, we're oblivious. And Jimmy Neutron, we're troubled in The Sopranos, we're deranged in Malcolm in the Middle, and generally incompetent, and everyone loves Raymond. Even if dad has a good job, like the star of Home Improvement, at home he's forever making messes that must be straightened out by mom. The doofus dad stereotype isn't new. There's Fred Flintstone, there's Dagwood Bumstead, and even Charlie Brown's monotone parents. But according to one writer, the consistency of these new portrayals has slowly created a new norm opposed on what being a father used to mean. While dads in Leave it to Beaver and the Donna Reed show had flaws, they were close to what was thought of as as a perfect dad, part of what idealized A white American family, one writer said. Later shows such as The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Growing Pains, and Full House showcased caring dads of a new generation. But in the late 80s, more shows wanted to distance themselves from the corny, syrupy stuff in in-step shows such as Married with Children and The Simpsons. And that's just to mention a few examples within the sitcom sphere. Commercials have also created their own standard for men. Ad after ad makes dotish dad the butt of all jokes. He's outwitted by his children. He's the target of condescending eye rolls from his wife. He's a dumb, incompetent, and sometimes even selfish oaf, but his family loves him anyway. If we're to line up with the biblical view of what fatherhood means, we really have an uphill battle in our culture. His dads are constantly presented in this light. But the biblical view of a dad is much different. 
The purpose of today's message is to let dads know that you're not only wanted, but you're needed. To ignore the messages that our cultural our culture sends us and to recalibrate our thinking with the word of God is of utmost importance. And to hear a message says that that you're important, you're needed, your role is crucial. It shouldn't cause us to to puff out our chests in pride or wisdom that fatherhood requires. So I want to give you six reasons today why dads are so important, why good dads are wanted. First of all, because God is called our Father. God is called our Father. The Bible refers to God over and over and over again as our Heavenly Father, and it does so for a reason. God did not just choose this title for Himself at random. There is a reason that our Lord Jesus, out of all the titles with which He could have called God, most frequently referred to Him as Father. God wants us to know that the characteristics that He exhibits as He relates to His children are the kind of character traits He wants us as dads to have. We see just a, here's a few, few verses, a few concepts that, that, that God's character communicates the role of a father. It tells us that a father is compassionate. A father is compassionate. In Psalm 103, 13 we're told that as a father shows compassion to his children, show the Lord, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. A good father comes along his child and, and loves him, tenderly loves him. Even, even in those moments where he, he has to be harsh or he has to discipline, he's showing the compassion that God shows us. God always looks out for our needs. He's always interested in what we're going through. His heart breaks when our heart is broken. We have a compassionate heavenly Father, and God calls us as earthly fathers to be compassionate as well. We also see that a father protects. In the character of our God, He protects His children, and we're called as dads to be protectors of our family. Psalm 68.5 says, A father of the fatherless and a protector of widows is God in His holy habitation. God realizes that these two, char- these, these two categories of people, the fatherless, the orphan, and the widow, especially in, the, in that culture where so much of your identity and your support was tied up in having a husband, when you were a widow, you, you were often destitute. You were at the, at the mercy of the, the community around you. The Bible tells us that God comes alongside those groups of people who are hurting, who feel like they've got nowhere else to turn, and He is their protector. He is their helper. And God calls us as dads to be that in our homes. We also see over and over in Scripture that a father pursues. A father pursues. Maybe more, this, this situation is, is uh, this, this idea is no more clearly uh, um, communicated in, in the stories that, that Jesus tells about the lost sheep, and even though the, we're mixing metaphors here, the, the Heavenly Father, the Good Shepherd, seeks and seeks and seeks until He finds that lost one. A good father knows that when one day his son may turn his back on him, 
A daughter might unfriend him on Facebook. But, but he, he who loves is going to continue to pursue, is going to continue to love, is going to continue to chase them. Not, not assured of the response, not promised that that prodigal will ever, ever return home. But a good father continues to pursue. Start pursuing while your children are young. Even when they don't feel like talking. Even when, when they, they, they'd rather turn on the Xbox than tune into you. Continue to pursue. Continue to pursue. Find ways to open, get them to open up. Do what they want to do. Enjoy their hobbies. Spend time with them. A father pursues. And then a father disciplines. Father disciplines. We're going to see more about this in a moment. But in Deuteronomy 8.5, we're reminded then, know then this in your heart. That as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. When we think about discipline, it's not always the, the most uh, a favorite part of our day, a favorite part of being a father. There are some moments when it's a little bit enjoyable. But for the most part, fathers don't enjoy disciplining. But you realize that if you don't, you're headed for trouble. God knows that if He truly loves us, He must, he must pursue discipline with His own children. To make us the kind of men and women that we should be. So first off, we see that good dads are needed because our God is a good heavenly Father. But secondly, good fathers are needed. Good fathers are wanted because God created homes with dads. Listen, this is the way that God ordained things to be. I couldn't imagine the Bible being any, any more clear on this. In the beginning, God created man and woman, and He brought them together. That was His design. That was His intention. No matter what our culture tells us, no matter how much our, 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 our society is trying to blur those lines and to redefine the idea of marriage and family, this is the idea. God created a man, God created a woman, and He brought them together to have children. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Proverbs tells us that we're blessed if your quiver is full. And I realize that, that there are a lot of dynamics in play, and sometimes it, it doesn't work out. Uh, parenthood does not work out the way that you expect it to. But when homes are created and children are born, the idea is that there should be a mom and a dad, a male and a female. Let me just define this even more clearly because of our culture. A biological male and a biological female are, are supposed to be in that home. That's the idea that God had when He created this world and created man and woman. And, 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 and researchers, secular, unbelieving researchers that don't believe a word of this book will tell you that things get messed up. Just Google it. Just Google it this week. Statistics about fatherless homes. And you'll find all kinds of pages that are secular websites before even the Christian ones show up. Secular websites that tell you that if, if you don't have a mom and a dad in the home, things are difficult. Things are difficult. Now, I, listen, I'm not trying to, uh, I, I, don't, I just want to do away with any unnecessary guilt. I realize that sometimes things happen that are outside of your control. If a father dies, that, nobody plans on that. Nobody expects that. Sometimes a dad walks away and you're left as a single mom with, with raising these children. And you think, great, I'm just, there I go, I'm, I've got no hope. No, 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 that's not what we're saying. God, 
we just read a verse that God says that he, he's, he takes special care of widows. God has special grace for those of you who are raising children on your own. Bring them into the church and, and help them find godly male mentors if you don't have one of those in the home. God has, God has grace and can help, help you through single motherhood. But I'm talking to dads right now. The home needs you. Back in 1960, 8% of homes were fatherless. Now it's about 25%. Our culture is beginning to reap the fruit of absentee dads. God created it to be so that you would be in the home with your families. And I just want you to hear this morning, if you're on the verge of walking away If you feel like there's greener pastures out there and you think, man, it just would be so much easier if I didn't have to do this anymore, so much work, my wife bugs me, my kids annoy me, I just want to be free, don't buy into those lies from Satan. Don't disobey God by walking away from your family. They need you. Don't listen to the stupid TV shows that present you as a bumbling, useless idiot that's simply just a meal ticket. God created you to be in the home, and you play a crucial role. Thirdly, Dad, you're needed, you're wanted, because your kids need to see you love their mom. Your children need to see you love their mother. Ephesians 5.25 tells us, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We could spend a week unpacking the weight of this verse. If you leave here with nothing else, leave with the heaviness that God has called you to love your wife as Christ has loved the church. Last I checked, Jesus' love for the church was pretty amazing. That he would give his only life so that we might have life. That is love. He has laid down his life, sacrificed for the church. And God tells us as men to love our wives that exact same way. Jesus... Over the last few months in the Gospel of Mark, we have seen how he has sacrificed. We watched him give up sleep to hang out with fishermen. We watched how he patiently taught the stubborn. He's modeled love and sacrifice at every turn throughout the Gospel. And that's the kind of love that God has called us to. And here's why this is important on Father's Day. Your kids need to see that. Their kids, your children, need to see you sacrifice and love your mo- their mother unconditionally. Because one day, they too are going to walk down this aisle and commit to marriage, most likely, statistically. Commit in marriage to be a husband to their wife. And one of the greatest gifts that you can give them that you will have given them on that wedding day is a lifetime of modeling sacrificial, selfless love to their mom. We all blow this. We all mess this up. But even them hearing you say, Son, honey, I blew it with your mom today. I lost my patience. I was selfish. 
will you please forgive me? They'll realize that no dad is perfect. They'll realize that no man has it all together. But a humble man who's willing to lay himself out there and be transparent will teach them far more than any book ever will. See, you can read about things. You can hand your kids marriage books and fatherhood books, and that's, that's a great gift. I'm an avid reader, and I'm a huge advocate of reading. But you see, I, can, I, can, I could describe to you the Grand Canyon. I could tell you how amazing it is. Maybe I've even spent time in, 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 in wording it just correctly and choosing the right adjectives and word pictures to give you a pretty good understanding of how amazing the Grand Canyon truly is. But until you've walked up to the railing and been able to look out over the vast expanse of the canyon and hear the howl of the wind in the canyons, you, you won't fully know what the Grand Canyon's like. And I can, I can talk to my kids all I want about taking care and loving a wife, the most important thing I can do is model it for them. These things are better seen than read. And dads, we have that chance to show them what a godly husband, a godly man looks like in the home. We need God's grace for that. Boy, do we need God's grace this should be a daily prayer of every man in this room. God, help me, to, help me to love my wife well. Help me to have wisdom. I feel like being, being lazy today. I feel like being selfish today. And I know I am going to blow it. So God, I need your grace. Number four, dads are needed because your kids need to see that you provide. Your family needs to see you provide. Just as what, see, they're going to learn how to be a good husband from you, and they're also going to learn how to be a provider or not be a provider from you. 1 Timothy 5.8 says that if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for the members of his household, he is denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever. He's talking about people who are sitting on their hands. In fact, in this context, uh, you had people who, who were just looking for the return of Christ and saying, you know what, I'm just going to sit around and chill until Jesus comes back. And, and God doesn't give us that option. He's called us as men to be the providers in our home. And I realize that there are, there are extenuating circumstances sometimes that keep a, a man from being able to physically go out and work. But for most of us, that's, that's not the case. God's called us to provide for our families, to be leaders in our home. When you provide for your family, you're giving them a picture of what their heavenly father is like, one who cares for and provides for his children. Finally, number five, good dads are wanted, good dads are needed because your children need your discipline. Because your children need your discipline. I realize that most of our kids are in classes right now, but the ones who are here are probably groaning. Proverbs 13, 40, 24 is wisdom that many of you have seen borne out. 
Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Saw a YouTube video this week. It was simply entitled, um, What Happens When You Don't Discipline Your Kid? And somebody was in a waiting room, looked like at a doctor's office, and a snapping video of this child who was just absolutely out of control. Didn't, the child didn't want to be in there and was pulling and tugging on his mom and, and screaming at her while she's trying to get him registered at the desk. And he goes over to the, the coffee table and takes all the magazines and throws them on the ground and is screaming and throwing a temper tantrum. And she's trying to ignore him, trying to wrestle with him while she's feeling out. Finally, he goes up to her and he grabs her pants and pulls her pants down. And she just runs out of the room in embarrassment. And I think... Wow, our culture has come so far in child worship and in, in, in not wanting to squelch and hurt our kids that, that we've allowed them in so many ways to, to run the home. The Bible says that if, if we don't discipline our children, if we don't, if, we don't, if we don't control our children, if we, don't, if we don't love our children enough to discipline them, the Bible says it's the same as hating them. It's the same as hating them. Parents, we shouldn't wake up in the morning looking for the chance to straighten out our children. But we need to be vigilant. We need to be careful to train up our children in the way that they should go. This takes work. This takes perseverance. This takes you sitting down with mom and getting on the same page when it comes to discipline. But you will not, this this will not be in vain. If you choose to follow the Lord And be obedient to God by training your children, being faithful and disciplining them, setting clear boundaries. And as dads, you need to lead your family in that way. And then number six, you are needed in the home because your children need you to teach the word. Your family needs you to teach the word in the home. That is, that is your responsibility first and foremost. Proverbs 4.1 says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. This command is written to the children, and it tells the children to pay attention, to listen up. But it presupposes that dads are teaching something. Dads, don't leave your children's instruction to a Google search. Don't rely on mom to simply read the Bible stories. It's your job to lead in bringing your children here to worship. It's your job to lead in making sure that that the Word of God is a part of your home life. He says, listen up. Pay attention. Dads, we have so much wisdom to impart to our children. There's the practical things. Maybe you've got to teach your, your child how to change oil on the car, or how to spit properly, or chew, chew sunflower seeds. I, I'm still working on that. Owen loves sunflower seeds, but the kid just, just takes them shell and all and just chews and eats the whole thing. I'm like, buddy, slow down. Dad, can I have more seeds? Yeah, we've got to work on this. You spit them out. There's a lot of important things we can teach our kids. There's nothing more important than we can impart than biblical wisdom. Ephesians 
tells us not to provoke our children in anger, to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. We're not just randomly filling their mind with stuff, but he says specifically to, to discipline them and to bring the instruction of the Lord. Teach them, teach them the gospel. Teach them what it means that Jesus went to the cross why He went to the cross in the first place, how the Old Testament points to the coming Redeemer, how this story we call the Bible all builds and culminates in Jesus Christ. That He went to the cross for them, that He bore their sins. He took that upon His shoulders and died in their place. But that He rose again from the dead, triumphant over the grave. And how He loves them more than any of us as parents ever could. I just want to leave you with a few challenges this morning. First of all, wives, I know this is Father's Day and I'm supposed to be just talking to the dads, but I want to encourage and exhort you to support your husband. Encourage him. When was the last time You just looked him in the eye and said, you are an amazing dad. You are an awesome father. I am so proud of you. Listen, there is not a man in this room who has outgrown hearing those things. And there is not a man in this room, I would imagine, who has heard them too much. Let your children's father know that you support him, you encourage him, that you are proud of him. He's not perfect. You don't have to wait till someone's perfect till you encourage them. And pray for him for goodness sakes. If we took a poll this morning and asked how many of you pray for your spouse on a daily basis, I wonder what our results would be. Pray for your spouse. Men, pray for your wives. Wives, pray for your husbands. These things be a dad. God has put upon your shoulders to, to lead the home, that's, that's, a, that's a tall order. Wives, remember that. Remember what's on his shoulders and pray like crazy for him. Next time you're tempted to nag him about something, put that away and just stop and pray that God would make him into the man that God wants him to be. And then finally, men, I want to ask you this morning, have you been taking your job seriously as a dad? Have you been really, truly considering the weight of your responsibility? What are some areas that you need to grow in today? Has one of these things stuck out to you? Has one of these areas uh, reminded you that I need, to, I need to give attention to that? Even better yet, ask your wife, honey, just tell me one thing I can do to be a better dad today. What's one thing I could do to be a better father today? Just one thing. Just one thing. (laughs) And dads, are you encouraging your kids? There's so much we could say about this, but we dads can be so hard on our kids sometimes. It's so easy to find the flaws. It's so easy to, to nitpick. I just read this week of an athlete who was chosen as the second overall pick in the draft, and he was so proud, and he called his dad And he said, Dad, can you believe it? 
that, that I, got, I got picked so high in the draft. Wasn't that awesome? And his dad simply said, how does it feel to be second? Man, we dads can sting so much with our words. We, can, we think we're correcting. We think we're trying to help. We think we're just pushing them a little bit more. What we really don't realize is that we're cutting them down. Dads encourage. Dads build up. I'm so glad this morning for the legacy that my own dad left me. He he wasn't a perfect dad. He had flaws and faults like I do as a dad. There are so many things that I I learned from him. I learned the value of hard work and I learned about sacrifice. So many things that my dad taught me. You know, the the more I think about fatherhood, this has been on my mind all week, it, it can get kind of discouraging because it is a tall order. God's given us a lot of responsibility. But God's grace is greater than the task He's called us to. In His Word, He never commands us to do anything that He doesn't provide the resources for us so that we can be obedient. The same is true this morning, dads. On this Father's Day, I hope you get to celebrate. I hope you get to eat some good red meat or something. Hope you get a good nap in today. Your air conditioning's working. More than anything, help me to be a better father. We're all at different stages in life, and and maybe some of us never had the opportunity to be a father, and and maybe your prayer needs to be, Dad, uh, Father, help me know how I can encourage dads. God, help me find a young man that I could mentor, that I could build up in the faith. And then carve out a little time, get alone with your children. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them that you love them. Ask their forgiveness if you need to repent for something. And remind them that their dad's not perfect, but they have a heavenly father who is. And spend a little bit of time talking about that wonderful father that you have in heaven. Dads, no matter what our culture's telling you, You're needed. And we need today, more than anything, a few good men to step up and be fathers. May our church be known for those kind of men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the truths of Scripture that (laughs) remind us of the gravity of fatherhood but also remind us of the resources that are available for dads who will just humble themselves and cry out to the Lord. Dads who don't have everything figured out, but who are willing to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Dads who are willing to remind their children of their perfect heavenly Father, who gave his own one and only son so that we might have life. God, thank you for Father's Day and the chance to remember our great Heavenly Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.